feeling stuck in your tracks? Are you a music producer or artist who's ready to take their music to a professional level? If the answer is yes, then I want to connect with you for a free production potential discovery call. In this free 20-minute session, I'll analyze your workflow, identify improvement areas, and help you figure out the single action step that you need to focus on to unlock your music's potential. So if you're a music producer or artist who's ready to take their music to the next level, then my free production potential discovery call is for you. Hop on my calendar today by going to www.synthmusicmastering.com. Hey Inside the Mix podcast fans, it's Phil from Master Mastering here. I run a show called The Savvy Producer Podcast. It's a show all about productivity, efficiency, and keeping your clients happy in the world of music production. If that sounds good to you, you can find The Savvy Producer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to Inside the Mix podcast. Here's your host, Mark Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer, and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting, and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing, and mastering music for over 15 years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Inside the Mix podcast. If you are a new listener, please do hit that subscribe button and also that notification bell if you're on YouTube so you can get notified of new Inside the Mix podcast episodes. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. So in this episode, it is a music production tutorial episode, and I'm going to demonstrate how I mixed bass in this particular track. It's called Let You Go. It's going to feature on my new EP, Lost and Found. So it's a bit of shameless self-promotion here, but I thought I'd let you have a listen to how I mixed bass in this track. So let's dive in. Okay, folks, so this track features the fabulous vocal talents of Indigo. So Indigo is a vocalist, and I featured or rather worked with Indigo on a previous track called Take Me Back, which was released at some time last year. can't remember when, but if you have a, head over to Spotify and search Mark Matthews, you can see it there. And uh, I'm just going to play it for you now. So I've actually just boosted the bass up a touch so you can hear it. But this is, uh, this is mix one, so it's not the final mix. This is the first mix in my sort of mixing iterative phase. So here we go. Okay, so admittedly, this is the first time I've listened to this track for a couple of weeks now because I like to mix and then get a bit of feedback and put it to bed. So shout out to Ion 9 and Neon Highway for their feedback on this so far. And it also featured on an episode of the Producers Pub as well. So a big thank you to everyone who fed back there. So I can already hear that the vocal needs a bit of work, a bit of compression there, and um, a bit of work in terms of time-based processing. But that is what it sounds like at the moment. So now I'm going to break it down for you in terms of what I did with this bass guitar. So a friend of mine called Matt Thomas dropped by the studio and we recorded bass. So uh, Matt and I go way back and we were in a band together called Engraved Disillusion. It's a heavy metal band. If, you, I, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you would have heard me talk about Engraved Disillusion a lot in my metal days. Do go check them out on YouTube. In fact, I'll put a link in the episode description. So this is the bass without anything, uh, any processing whatsoever. Now you can already hear in the sort of second half of that phrase there, the actual playing style. And you can see on the waveform, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm just going to zoom in as well. You can see the waveform itself. Yeah, there's more power going in there because um, because of, of Matt's style. He plays with his fingers. 
And uh, but the first thing we did, actually, or rather, I did when it came to mixing this is we when when we were recording, uh, there was a bit of an issue with the bass guitar in terms of keeping its tuning. So the first thing I did, and also with the intonation as well, is I actually run it through Melodyne. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see here. Uh, that it, when you open Melodyne, it automatically opens the Melodyne website. I'm sure I can turn that off. We can see here that uh, I've gone through the whole track and it's mapped the notes on Melodyne here. And uh, I've only got the sort of watered down version of Melodyne, but if I select them all, they come up to the top sort of controller tab at the top here. I cannot remember what it's called. Pitch center and pitch drift. So pitch drift is just controlling that intonation because it did go out slightly in places. And then pitch center is just bringing the notes back in. So I'm just, for those of you watching on YouTube, if I get rid of the pitch center, you can just see the notes move. I mean, it's pretty much there. It's just a subtle movement. And the pitch drift as well, once again, pretty much there. It's just a really subtle movement. Now, usually I don't go for 100% when I'm doing vocals because I still like to have a bit of that natural pitchiness, if that makes sense, but obviously to taste. But in this instance, I've gone for 100% on both and I will play it now with Melodyne. That's with, and this is without. So it's very, very, very subtle, but I like to do that just to tighten that up because you never know when it comes to EQ, compression, saturation, when you start adding these things on when you're in your mix, it might actually bring up those subtle nuances where the intonation slightly out or the, or the pitch itself. So there we go. That's the first tip there, Melodyne on the bass guitar. So next, I'm going to do some subtle EQ on this just to tidy it up a touch before I go into any compression. And then I've also got an amp sim I want to use on this as well. So I'm using the Infinity EQ here, but recently I have moved over to, I'll tell you this now, I've not used it in this project, but I've moved over to using the Tokyo Dawn Labs TDR Nova EQ. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it looks like this. It's a free EQ and it's really, really good. So I recommend going and check it out. I'm not going to dwell on it now, but it's a great EQ. So that's Tokyo Dawn Labs. Uh, Nova EQ. And also, while I'm on that topic, slightly digressing here, there's another freebie of theirs, which is the Katelnikov compressor, which is fantastic. And I think I've mentioned it in another episode, but do go check that out as well. So what I've got here is a first order slope. It's a 6 dB high pass filter, and it's just rolling off around 20 hertz. And then what I did, I've, I've got another 6 dB low pass filter on the other side. So this is rolling off anything above one kilohertz. And I did this to taste. I didn't do this just by sight. And it sounds like this. So that's with the EQ. And this is without. Now listening to that now, I'm thinking actually, this is done in, 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 uh, in a silo as well. So I'm doing this not in the context of the mix. I'm just gonna play it with the mix without the EQ. Now I'm going to bring in the EQ and I'm just going to bring that low pass filter down until I get it to where I want it to be. Yeah, so the way I had it originally there, this is a great thing about going back and doing these videos and also mixed revisions, is I was losing some of that attack. 
on the strings in the in the sort of the the mid range and not necessarily the upper mids, but more the mid range. And Matt does play with his fingers, so you don't get that pick attack. So any attack that I have, I probably want to keep in from this bass performance. So I've just now moved that low pass filter up with that 6dB slope to just sort of 2.3 kilohertz. So that's the next thing in my bass processing. So next I've used the R compressor to compress this bass performance because as I mentioned in the first instance of this video, it's, it's not wild, but there is a fluctuation in terms of dynamic range when we get to the second half of this performance. And I've got this R compressor, which sounds great on vocals and on bass and a variety of other different applications as well. So I've got a threshold here, set it to minus 15. I've got a pretty fast attack and the release is moderately fast as well. What I like to do is when it comes to timing these, I like to use this website called tuneform.com. And if you plug in the BPM of 134, it will give you the BPM to tempo and the timings of those as well. So anywhere from here, from 14 milliseconds up to 448. So it's in time. So it's almost synced. Well, it pretty much would be synced to the tempo of your track. So I've got a 28 millisecond attack and I've got 112, which would be 1 16th for my release. And then I've got some makeup gain in there. Just obviously when we've got gain reduction, you want to use makeup gain to bring it back up to the appropriate level. So let's have a play around with this and see what it sounds like. I think that smoothed it out nicely, uh, but what I probably do is play around with those attack and release times a bit more. One other thing I like to do as well in Logic in particular is this. So I've done that gain compensation by ear, but I just like to double check using momentary luff. So what I'll do is I'll set a three second cycle region here. I'm just gonna go over to my master stereo out, find insight. And I'm just gonna play three seconds of this bass guitar without the compression and see what my short-term, sorry, I said momentary last time, correction, short-term luffs are. It's 28.7. So about 28.7. So now I'm gonna put the compressor in. Okay, and it's sat at 27.5. So I'm just gonna bring the trim down on this by minus one dB and see if we can get similar to what we were before. Yeah, I mean, I don't go proper granular and get it to the sort of point there, but um, I think that's a good place to, to leave that. And let's play that. If anything, I might just bring that threshold down a touch more. Okay, I'm going to leave it like that for now because I will use another compressor later on in this in this uh, mix. So that's my first compressor.
Okay, next I've got the virtual mix rack and I've got three modules in there. So I've got the VCC channel, I've got the FG2A and I've got the London for some saturation. So with the virtual channel, it uh, is set to USA, I quite like that. And I've got the drive set to six and the noise reduction on and I've just got it playing like this. You can see on the VU meter for this channel, if you're watching this on YouTube, that that second half, that second phrasing is still quite loud comparative to the first. So I'm going to use the FG2A, which is modeled on the amazing LA2A optical compressor to control that. The main controls here, you've got peak reduction, which is for your gain reduction. You've got gain to compensate for that gain reduction, and then you've got your mix. So let's put that in. So this is with the LA2A. Correction, FG2A. So that's a more controlled performance already. And this is why I like to daisy chain compressors. I don't like one compressor to just slam everything. I like to do it in series. Um, thinking back now, I probably could have done this with three rather than two, or maybe I could have just hammered it a bit more with the R compressor. But I like the LAG, uh, the FG2A. I nearly combined the two, um, <laughs> the two names then. And uh, then after that, after the FG2A, we've got the London module, which is going to add some saturation. And this is what it sounds like with the London module. So at the moment, it's set to three, which is quite conservative, but I'll push it up so you can hear it. See, I boosted all the way up then. And um, I mean, the difference wasn't that audible, to be honest, but it is there. But I like to just have it really conservative set at three. And then I've got the output set at plus one because what I did, I did the previous trick whereby I did the short-term loss of three seconds using Insight and just made sure that there's the level is where it should be at. So I'm actually going to go back over to the R compressor and I'm just going to increase the release time because it just sounds like it's pumping a touch. So let's give that a go. I'm going to put it to 149 because that's the next interval. I think that sounds better. We'll roll with that. There we go. So that's my next step in this bass mix. So next what I have is the TUH slate and I've got it set to the bread and butter bass amp sim, and it sounds like this. So this is with. And this is without. And with. Okay, then what I have is the Infinity EQ. And what I've got here, I've used a low pass and high, high pass filter again. Uh, the high pass is set at around 17 hertz and the low pass is set at around 5.6. Then I've got some shelves here as well. So I've got a low shelf set at around 60 and I've got a high shelf at around 270. The low shelf is set around the frequency of the kick drum. And if I use Insight, you'll see on YouTube, using the spectrum analyzer. If I move the cursor, you can see the kick drum is at around 60 to 70. So I'm just creating a bit of space there for the kick drum. I mean, you could use dynamic EQ, you could use sign shake compression, but in this instance, I've just used a low shelf. 
And I've used a high shelf here just to, because I still want that presence in the attack of the bass guitar, but I've also got a lot of other information in terms of vocals and synths and effects going on there. So I've just ducked that by two and a half dB there. And then I got a little boost around 124 hertz for the bass guitar. It's only subtle, it's about 0.7 of a dB boost there as well. And with that, it sounds like this. Okay, so that is the final bit of this channel strip. Okay, folks, so the final piece in this puzzle is this. I've got an auxiliary send set up with an instance of the Sound Toys Decapitator on it. And I'm just going to use this to add a bit of girth to this bass. And I've got this thick, mild crunch setting on this decapitator, and then I've just tailored it slightly. And then after that, I've got this channel EQ. And once again, I'm just using high pass, low pass filters set up at 6 dB. The high pass is set at 20 hertz, and the low pass is set at 900 hertz, because I don't want any of that sort of present energy from the, from the finger picking of Mac coming through there, because I just want that low girth with this here. So this is what it sounds like with just this auxiliary send on its own. And this is with the decapitator. And this is without. So there's a notable difference there. I'm probably just gonna drag that output down a touch. Actually, I'm just gonna play it. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to use the fader on this auxiliary send just to bring this decapitator and bass into this mix. So this is with the decapitator. And this is without. And this is with. Boost it a bit more. So with, without, and with. So there we go, folks. That is the bass mix, or mix iteration one of this track called Let You Go, which is going to feature on my EP Lost and Found. So that will be out later in the summer. So what have I done? I've got Melodyne to control the pitch and pitch drift. I've got Infinity EQ, which is controlling the high pass and low pass filters initially of this performance. I've got R compressor, so I've started to compress this performance because of the varying dynamic range. I've got the virtual mix rack, so I've got the virtual channel. And then I've got the FG2A, the LA2A sort of replica, which is once again controlling that dynamic range and of that performance. And then I'm using the London saturation module there. I've got the THU slope and I'm using the amp sim there. And then I've got the infinity EQ, which I've got the high and low pass filters again. And then I'm using shelves to control sort of that low mid mid range and also the low frequencies and making space for other instruments to come through. I've then got a, an auxiliary channel with an instance of the decapitator on it, just adding a bit of girth. And then after that, I've got a channel EQ once again using high and low pass filters with 6 dB first order slopes just to control and get rid of any sort of frequency content that I don't really want there. So I'm going to end the episode by playing the second verse into the first chorus so you can get a feel for the track. 
As I say, this is the first iteration of this mix. I'm just giving you an overview of the processes I took to mix this bass guitar in this track. So let me know in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, what do you think went well? What didn't go well? What do I need to improve on? What am I missing? Because I'd love to know your feedback. If you're watching this on YouTube, please do hit subscribe and also that notification bell so you get notified of future episodes. And if you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice, hit that subscribe button as well. So thank you for tuning into this episode and let's play the track. Stuck in the mix? If you're a music producer or artist who's ready to take their music to the next level, don't forget to book your free production potential discovery call. Visit www.synthmusicmastering.com to book yours before you leave today.